the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Uh, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I'd like to welcome you to part two of our pa- podcast, Let Us Reason. And uh, we talked last week, or in the last episode, if you wish, and I say last week because many of you would have listened to it last week as a podcast. We talked about uh, the signs of the return of the Son of Man from the new book that was released uh, recently uh, by our friend, uh, author Joel Richardson. The book is called From Sinai to Zion. And uh, Joel, uh, as always, um, uh, lays out his argument, biblically speaking, and uh, this is no exception. Uh, I think you're all going to enjoy what uh, the discussion uh, will lead into as we progress, basically, in our, um, you know, analyses of Daniel 7 in particular and the relationship between the Son of Man of Daniel and our Lord Jesus Christ. With that in mind, I want to also point out to you that I have just released my own video series on the Son of Man of Daniel. We have released two episodes. I can't recall really how many episodes we have done, but it's more than two for sure. So hopefully you can go to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. And also, be sure to consider becoming a partner with us. You can do it through Patreon by becoming a patron. We have a a campaign right now. We're looking for 100. We have uh, five so far since yesterday. So we're down, uh, you know, to 95 now. Hopefully, you can consider to do this. You can give as much as the Lord put in your heart. We're not asking you for a specific amount. The Lord will always provide. And you can also uh, do this, you know, partnership with us, if you like, through PayPal as well. But uh, here is information about uh, Patreon, and you'll find the information about PayPal as well. It's paypal.me forward slash Al-Fadi Sira, and that's uh, how you can also find us on PayPal. Thank you so much, of course, for joining us, and thank you, Joel. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. So w- where are we going uh, today, uh, you know, in this uh, half, I should say, with the Son of Man of Daniel? You know, I'm really open. In fact, if anybody has any questions, I'd love for folks to put those up. I did see someone ask if I have Jewish blood, and um, do you? I have maybe one percent Jewish blood. I have I have two adopted children, so I've done the um, ancestry.com, mm-hmm. but I'm primarily Portuguese, Italian, some other European. I'm a mixed mutt, so to speak, and I have one percent. I've got some Tunisian. But it did say I have 1% European. Uh, it's the nose, you know, was the profile there. Everyone looks at this. But I've, I've got a uh, Polish nose and Italian skin, and I think everybody thinks I'm Jewish. Wonderful, wonderful. 
So um, uh, here is, uh, let's see if there is any question. But seriously, I mean, uh, do people ask you a lot about uh, when do you think the crisis is coming based on biblical prophecy? Has anyone from the rabbi uh, or rabbinic community ever ventured into that kind of uh, assumption? No, I'm because people know that I'm careful and I'm not a sensationalist and I, uh, I, I'm careful with regard to timelines. Um, I do promise if I ever do uh, discover the timing, I will not um, sell it on a subscription basis. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, the scriptures are clear. No one knows the, the, the day or the hour. You know, we know the seasons. And, you know, I certainly, as someone who's always peering into these things, um, I feel as though it's getting close. But also, having been in it long enough, I've recognized the fact that all prophecy, anyone who's a prophecy teacher, this type of thing, that we have our timelines, and we think we understand the timeline. We've we've drawn it all out. And, and I think the Lord does give insight, but it's as though he lets us draw our timelines on a rubber band. And then just to play with us, he kind of goes, Ooh, you know, he starts stretching it. And the years have a way of rolling on by, and we need to be very careful. The scriptures are clear. No man knows the day or the hour. It's best not to set dates, but we are to always live with this balance of even though we don't know when, we live with the urgency that it could be very soon, yet we also plan for the future. So there's a tension there, and it's important that we don't take one extreme or the other. But but in all seriousness, uh, how would the rabbinic community be on the look for the Messiah that they are waiting for? Well, interestingly enough, there are clear um, prophecies that say the Messiah had to have come within the window that Jesus came. Mm-hmm. There are prophecies in uh, in Hosea, in Joel, and elsewhere. And, you know, if you really get into it, they have to admit that he had to have come in that window. Um, obviously, they don't want to admit that it was Jesus, and so they tend to distort mm-hmm. those particular texts. But there is a revival right now um, because of world events and because I think... You know, humans are tired and they're yearning for redemption. There's been discussion. There was even an article just in the Times of Israel. I believe it was the Times of Israel just the other day that said there's this very prominent rabbi in Israel that actually says he's in dialogue with the Messiah right now. Wow. So there is definitely definitely heightened um, expectations. What he's talking about, I don't know. I will say this, though, and this may be worth mentioning because of the, the folks that are listening. There is a dramatic increase right now within, unfortunately, even the Christian community. And we're seeing some spillover from some of the black uh, Hebrew Israelite groups That's right. with their anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and ideas. But it's spilling over into what I'll call YouTube Christianity, um, Christians that often watch some of the more fringe uh, YouTube channels. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism. And there are claims that the Jews want to impose Noahide laws and take over the world and control all the Gentiles. And it's really a recycling of a lot of the classic protocols of the elders of Zion and these classic anti-Semitic tropes and this type of thing. And it's very important to recognize something biblically. The Antichrist, from a biblical perspective, he's not a Jew. The Bible is very clear that he is a Gentile. In every passage, in every important Antichrist passage, Mm -hmm. in all of the chapters of Daniel, Daniel chapter 11, Daniel chapter 8 in particular, um, it is Gentile rulers. They are invading, they are hostile Gentile rulers that are the prototypes of the Antichrist. Nebuchadnezzar, 
Antiochus Epiphanes is the most significant. And in all of the passages that talk about the Antichrist entering Jerusalem, it is in a military, hostile manner as an invasion. He is not someone that is welcomed and received and celebrated by the Jews. He comes in, he speaks blasphemies against the God of Israel. It says he speaks monstrous things against the God of Israel. He defiles the holy temple. He puts an end to sacrifice. He is against the people of God. He is against the people of Israel. And so, you know, as much as it's popular nowadays to spread these anti-Semitic ideas, the Bible simply doesn't allow for it. Right. And so that's important to mention. Absolutely. Um, thank you again, everyone, for being here. Thank you to the moderators. Uh, Chief Dan, uh, you're asking me about my uh, uh, testimony. Uh, in a nutshell, it was the love of Christ through the life of at least a couple of families that uh, drew me uh, to the real Messiah. And, of course, it took 12 years' uh, journey, and I am so thankful for how they poured out their heart into me, and uh, they were patients with me. So you can always go and watch my testimony on my website, sirainternational.com, or my or YouTube channel, Sira International. You can Google Al-Fadi testimony. You'll find it in a lot of places. Folks, I want to also mention something exciting, which I've already done two promos, two live stream promos, about 10 minutes average each, about an upcoming online conference that we're putting together, my ministry, Sierra International, in collaboration with a couple of other ministries behind the scene. And that will be the weekend of November 6th, 7th. And then I'm doing a message, a uh, preaching, a sermon, if you wish, on Sunday, November 8th. Uh, the theme passage is Matthew 24, 14, where the Lord says, this gospel must be preached as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We'll talk about that. But it has three tracks. The first track has to do with evangelism to Muslims. This is a private track by invitation only. You have to really reach out to us. We have to vet you out uh, before we approve you. We're doing this for the security of everyone involved. But there are three former Muslims from Saudi, including myself, that will participate in that track to teach and to dialogue, and we'll have in a Q&A panel uh, uh, session. Then track number two, uh, uh, the, the first track will be on Friday, November 6th. Track number two and track number three will be on Saturday, November 7th. Track two uh, in the first part of the day will be on apologetics, apologetics to Islam. We have uh, no better than two prominent uh, you know, apologists, Dr. Jay Smith and uh, Dr. David Wood. And we will also have a panel discussion as well at the conclusion of that track. And then the second part of the day, we're going to have a track on the Arab world place in biblical prophecy. So it's going to be about biblical prophecy and uh, uh, role of the Arab world and Muslims, of course. And we want to focus on the positive theme in there. Joel, our dear brother here, agreed to record with me here in studio because, sadly for us, he could not join us live to teach a plenary session. So he kindly agreed to record a, a video on that, and we will make it available as a bonus. Uh, we'll make sure we put the uh, registration link below, but also I encourage you to go to my most recent promos that I have done in the last seven days, last week, on our YouTube channel or even on our Facebook page, alfadi.sira. Be sure to register. The cost is very minimal. We wanted to make sure it's not a hindrance for people. Even if you couldn't attend in person after registration, it will be recorded and it will be sent to those who have registered. So hopefully you'll take advantage of this. And uh, with that in mind, what else, brother, you want to cover 
concerning uh, the signs for the Son of Man. So uh, 19th of October has asked a few times um, if, if I believe that the current Abrahamic Accords, the peace deal, could have anything to do with the covenant made with many. Uh, discussed in Daniel 9, 26 and 27. So you and I actually discussed this on That's one right. of the episodes, and that will uh, eventually be put up on your channel. Right. Um, but in short, no. No, it, this is not the covenant. Um, it's an interesting discussion um, because the covenant is made, one, with Antichrist, arguably with Israel. And it's not only Daniel 9, 26 and 27 that I believe that we should look for uh, to understand this prophetic concept. It's also in Isaiah. So Isaiah was warning the southern kingdom of Judah not to enter into security alliances with the surrounding nations. The northern kingdom of Israel had already entered into an agreement with Damascus as well as with the Assyrians, uh, hoping that it would protect them from Assyria. Of course, that failed. Sennacherib came in and carried away the ten tribes and cleansed the Galilee. Mm -hmm. Um, Later, Isaiah is railing against Judah, saying, don't make the mistake of your northern countrymen. And nevertheless, they made an alliance with Pharaoh, with Egypt, believing that he would protect them from Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, it failed. And as Isaiah says, he says, your covenant with death will not stand. And when the overwhelming flood comes in, um, it will be like a, it's like, it's like a combination between a flood and whips. It's an overwhelming scourge. He says, you'll be swept away. And so this is the basis for this warning. Throughout Tor, the Lord says, when you enter into the land, don't enter into covenants, marriages with the people in the land, and don't rely on them for your security. Don't trust in chariots. Behold, I have placed a precious cornerstone in Zion, and the one that relies and trusts on him will never be dismayed. Trust in the Lord not in the foreign pagans. However, I want to be clear, Israel has every good reason to form diplomatic relations with their neighbors. These agreements are economic. They have to do with flight, exchange of goods, and this type of thing. It's not saying that you're going to protect us from Iran and Turkey, this type of thing. Um, That, I believe, is more of what's being referred to in Daniel chapter 9. And so I personally think the Abrahamic Accords are a wonderful thing. And I believe this is the true Arab Spring for the Middle East. It's going to bless the Arabs. It's going to bless the UAE and Bahrain, Sudan. And anyone who blesses Israel will be blessed by the Lord. Um, So that day is coming when the covenant with death will be made. The covenant with many will be made, but it's not yet. Amen. Amen. Uh, Also, um, 19th October, you're asking me to bring uh, Tom Doyle. Guess what? Tomorrow, I am meeting with Tom in person. So I will ask and see if Tom will be willing to be on our live stream. But also I ask him to consider recording a video for track one for this online conference as well. Um, Now someone, um, Ajay Kajor, I think, I'm sorry if I am uh, not uh, pronouncing your name appropriately. He's saying, how do the Jews reconcile the destruction of the temple at Jerusalem before the coming of the Messiah? So, I mean, the destruction of the temple in 70 AD was a profound um, episode within God's cycle of chastisements against Israel. But what's interesting is he says it's going to happen yet again, one last time. And so it was a profound uh, statement. It was a rebuke. The, The Lord was rebuking his people. But we need to recognize that it was not a permanent 
casting off of Israel. It was unto. God's rebukes of his people are unto their restoration. And we also need to recognize that it will happen yet again. To be honest, I don't know how to answer the question in terms of how the rabbis uh, understand this, how they reconcile this. Um, I'm not exactly familiar with their understanding of that particular topic. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Folks, uh, we have about nine minutes left uh, to end this um, uh, podcast, not the live stream, but just the podcast, which is also called Let Us Reason. You can always go to our website, CRIinternational.com. We have a section for this uh, podcast, an archive if you wish. You'll find all of our previous years in there. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Omni Studio, just to name a few. Um, at the same time, we want to emphasize to you to become a subscriber to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. Sierra International, that's the name of the YouTube channel, and you have the information right here. And please consider to be a partner with us through Patreon, becoming a patron. We have a campaign uh, trying to raise basically 100 partners. We have five so far who signed up since yesterday. We hope that you will consider to become part of the remaining 95. And uh, we are thankful, of course, for you and your sacrifices. You can also give to the ministry, if you like, um, through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash alfadisira. Now, uh, the other thing, I talked about an upcoming online uh, conference. Uh, I've done two live stream promos already in the last week. The conference is called the Gospel of the Kingdom to Muslims, and we have amazing teachers, and also Joel uh, here have agreed to record uh, basically a show with me that we will make available as a bonus for those who register in uh, either the evangelism track by itself, of course, that separate from the apologetic track or the prophecy track, but you can also take any combination of these tracks or all of them And we have the link available in these promos. We'll have the link available for you here uh, in a a subscription. But at the same time, uh, I'll be doing another promo video, and we will release it very soon, a short one as well. I'll continue, of course, uh, the campaign to promote this uh, online conference. Hopefully, you'll find it to be very helpful. Uh, We have the likes of Dr. Jay Smith and Dr. David Wood for the apologetic section. We have three Saudi believers, including myself, for the evangelism track, and we have amazing, uh, basically, biblical prophecy teachers, the likes of our brother here, Joel Richardson. Um, do you, did you see any questions maybe that we missed uh, here? Uh, Canusas is asking, is it true that Isaiah 14, 13, 14, talking about the prophecy of Islam and Muhammad II as the Antichrist? I'm not sure about... Uh Speaking of Muhammad as the Antichrist, essentially what Isaiah 14 uh, does is it begins by speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And then it's as though in speaking of a human, it bleeds into speaking about the Antichrist. So Nebuchadnezzar, again, being a prototype, a foreshadow of the Antichrist, it begins speaking of the Antichrist. But then it actually goes so far as to almost be speaking about Satan himself. And essentially what it says is, you know, because of all your sins, most kings are buried in these royal sepulchers, but you won't be given that dignity. No, rather you'll be buried in a pit. You'll be buried in a pit with carcasses on top of you and this type of thing. But what it says that's interesting, this is, by the way, the passage that a lot of people look to 
and uh, because of a mistranslation in the Latin, uh, they believe that Satan's name is Lucifer. It's actually because of a misunderstanding of uh, Isaiah 14. But it refers to, it says, Oh, you, um, talking to Satan, and it says, Son of the morning, or Son of the morning star. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Hebrew, it's interesting, it's Helal ben Sahar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, it's, it's the Son of the morning star. Well, interestingly, the crescent moon in Arabic, of course, that's Helal ben Sahar in, in Hebrew. But in Arabic, the crescent moon on top of every masjid, right, is Hilal. the Hilal. Yeah. So it's interesting that in that one verse that's often mistranslated to say Lucifer, wrongly as if that's saying the, the name of Satan, it's actually the very name, if you will, um, of what we see, that crescent moon on top of every masjid. And that symbol of the crescent moon, of course, is one of the examples within Islam of evidence that its roots were in paganism. Um, We see it even in the Bible in Judges, I believe, chapter 8, in the story where um, Gideon kills the Midianite kings, Ziba, Zalmunna, Orb, and Zeb. And after he defeats them, it says that he removes the crescent ornaments from their neck. So we see this pagan symbol throughout the Middle East, throughout history, prior to Islam, and it's interesting that that is the symbol that Islam chose to retain uh, for Islam. And yet it's actually, there's kind of a connection there between Isaiah 14 with regard to the worship of, of, of Satan. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. We have about four minutes left to conclude the podcast uh, uh, sign of things. Uh, uh, folks in the uh, control room, kindly could you scroll back up? I thought I saw a question from someone uh, from East Africa, I believe, or or from Africa. Uh, keep going here. Uh, uh, let's uh, stop right here. Daniel, I believe. Uh, yeah, Daniel um, Motenda uh, from East Africa says, My question is, how do I get to discuss with my Muslim colleagues about Islam, bearing in mind that the first obstacle is non-cooperating from them? Well, I'm not really so sure how this fits in prophecy, of course, but if you're asking me about ways to open the door uh, to discuss uh, uh, Christ with them, I mean, there are so many uh, basically um, uh, bridges that you can find to bring him back to the Bible, talking about the Messiah. I mean, the, the Quran calls him Messiah. What does it mean? Who is he? And that can lead you into a lot of things, including also future uh, prophecies as well in the second coming. Muslims believe in his second coming, but but that will beautifully show the connection between the Messiah and also uh, the uh, Arabian people, if you wish, and Saudi Arabia and the region in general. You can try also to uh, find ways to reconcile with them about why is he called in the Quran the Word of God. I mean, what does that mean? How can that uh, be reconciled with John uh, chapter 1? And there's so many other things, of course, but you have to be inquisitive. You have to find ways to ask questions and so on and so forth. So, uh, folks, um, uh, you know, we're approaching the conclusion of the uh, Let Us Reason podcast, and I want you to stay, uh, you know, basically on board after we uh, close that one because we'll still be on the air. We'll still be going live. I would like to entertain more and more of your questions. But just to uh, remind everyone again, uh, this is Let Us Reason uh, podcast with Al Fadi, 
if you have been listening to the podcast side of things, this is part two from last week's episode on the signs of the Son of Man of Daniel 7 in particular and how that applies to Christ. We want to remind all of you, of course, to consider becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. We want to encourage you to come to become also a Patreon patron partner, if you wish, financially with us. Uh, we have a campaign uh, trying to raise 100 partners through Patreon. We have five signed up since yesterday, so we are short by 95 so far. Um, as far as the amount, it's whatever the Lord put in your heart, of course. Uh, we also want you to consider uh, registering for this upcoming online conference that we will be holding uh, between November 6th and November 8th. We will cover three tracks, Evangelism to Muslims, Apologetics to Islam, and Prophecy, and basically how do Muslims and the Arab world fit into biblical prophecy. And on Sunday, I'll be doing a sermon message from Matthew 24:14. With that in mind, of course, want to thank all of you who have been listening to this podcast. And as for all of you who are watching us live right now, please uh, stay tuned after I conclude the podcast because we want to still continue to interact with you. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, if you want to watch uh, this live stream, you can always go to our YouTube channel, Sira International, and look for this live stream on October 28th. October 28th, you can't miss it. And uh, and uh, if you want to use Facebook, you can also go to this post on our Facebook page, alfadi.sira, again, October 24th, uh, uh, 28th, I'm sorry. And uh, with that in mind, thank you, brother, uh, for this amazing podcast. And, of course, we're going to stay with everybody right now. Keep sending your questions. And for the rest of you, this is Alfadi, over and out. God bless. Jesus.